we love them. They hate them. We need them. We're talking about assessments. Maybe they don't hate them. Well, no, you know what? Learners don't like to be assessed, but it's really important. So how can we make it as awesome as we can? And how can we assess people responsibly? That's what we're going to be talking about today on this episode of The Learning Geek, starting now. Gentlemen, welcome. Hey, Eva. Hey, hey, how are you? Good to see you. Uh, that's a fourth voice you hear in the studio today, listeners. Uh, it belongs to Mr. John Kessler, one hello, of our hello. good friends and colleagues. Hi, John. Glad you're here. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate the invite. Yeah, and, and full disclosure, we understand that at any moment today, you could get called out because you have a, a new grandbaby coming, right? Absolutely, man. First grandchild. I can't wait. And uh, I was told to be on standby. So I'm, okay. I'm on standby. <laughs> so if, so that, I, if that if that phone rings in the middle of this broadcast, we can experience that whole thing. That'll be wonderful. I, I guess I better unmute my phone just in case yeah. it rings, right, Bob? <laughs> well, Absolutely. If, if, if any of us can take on that little bit of Southern drawl, we could try to replace John, but I don't know that we would carry on the conversation as well as John. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard I John, have a little bit of an accent, John's Bob. gone. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, you definitely have a recognizable voice. Let's put it that way. Well, we're we're excited about your grandbaby coming. You know, it's we've got one grandfather uh, in the Learning Geeks. Yay! We've hey, got Dana. one guy who like really is ready to be a grandfather, but like his kids aren't paying any attention to him on that one, which is probably <laughs> for the best. My grandkids are going to be like, Grandpa, do we got to go to Disneyland again? Come on. So yes. not, an- and then not Jake another is- not another lightsaber. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. right, right. <laughs> exactly. Uh Jake is decades away from grandfatherdom. Uh you know, I say you say that and I I my girls just turned eight and the other one five the other you know this past month and so i saw that picture the other day and i thought oh my goodness your girls are growing up so fast it's amazing it's it's really incredible how fast time flies i know one ever says that but when you see pictures it just feels like man that felt like yesterday don't let that time slip away we got to see baby chloe last weekend and she's just grown up like crazy Uh, unbelievable well, this yeah. is going to be cool. Allison Page, baby Allison Page. Allison I can't Page. wait. Oh, nice. Named after uh, Accenture's <clears throat> chief talent officer. It's, Absolutely. Yeah. If she's listening, that's exactly what I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, smart man. Smart man. And speaking of smart man, uh, one of the things you are super smart, the smartest guy I know in the world on is assessments and certifications, all that kind of stuff. But we're going to talk about assessments today. I and, appreciate that. Um, and, and like I said in the cold opening, responsible assessments it's a really unique take so yeah Yeah. let's just dive in yeah let's do that yeah let's just jump in so so john you and i've talked a little bit about this but maybe you want to explain the idea of responsible assessments i mean people know what assessments are but what is a responsible assessment and why does that make a difference yeah i mean dana that's a great question i mean we as we started thinking, you know, years ago, and it, it literally was years ago, Allison and I were talking about assessment and how we support criterion-based assessments in certifications. Um, you know, we've been doing this for years, but there was really an opportunity to bring a talent-wide, HR-wide perspective of, of how assessments should be delivered, designed, developed, delivered to our people, so that you know, we're, we're adhering to all those really cool, you know, legal 
you know, responsibilities that we have as a, as a firm, but also to make sure that our people understand, hey, this is why you're being assessed. This is what the data is going to be used for. Uh, you're being assessed fairly, equitably. Uh, you're, you know, we're, we're going to tr you know, try to make sure we're not adversely impacting our people or any subgroups. So we just decided to step back, take a look at how we could bring order really to a company, an organization our size and and bring some rigor to the art and the science because there is a lot of science that goes into assessment and doing it the right way and in that vein so john let's let's maybe take a step back and make sure that we're all and, and our listeners are all thinking about the same thing so if i ran into you at a cocktail party and said hey john what what is an assessment anyway like what do you do for a living what is an assessment how would you describe it yeah there's all types of assessments right any 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 type of um knowledge check, quiz, but, and that, that's how we normally associate assessments with our careers, right? Where we right. take a course, at the end of the course, we take an assessment, but it's much broader than that. If you think about the entire talent ecosystem or the talent life cycle, it's a cradle to grave type of thing, right? It's, it really is a, how do we recruit the right people? And we use assessments to do that. And when we have to scale assessments or scale of recruiting, um, you know, uh, at Accenture, the, the volume that we're hiring people, we're looking for opportunities for digital assessments to help expedite or make our processes more efficient. So, I mean, you know, Bob, it, it, it's anything from knowledge checks, it's learning checks to assessing things like cognitive abilities, personality traits, skills, those kinds of things. There really are constructs out there in the industry that anchor to many of those. And we just want to make sure that we're leveraging the best practices that are out there. You know, I mentioned at the beginning that that people don't like assessments. I, I'm, no, project, no. I'm projecting. I, I am, you know, <laughs> no, no, scar, you're not. stress, you know, bad college, final exams. Like those are the things that come to my, my mind when I think about assessments. But I also, um, I think about two things on the positive angle of it from the learner standpoint. One is just finally having read uh, Carol Dweck's book, Mindset, and trying mm. to get into a growth mindset and realizing that's assessment is fundamental for that. Um, but but the second thing is we, we had a training video back way back in the Anderson consulting days. I had no part in creating this, but I loved I loved the last line of it. It was it's the difference between thinking you're doing a good job and knowing you're doing a good job. That's right. And that's, that's something right. that has always really kind of inspired me to uh, to take a hard look. It's really cool, right? I mean, when you can think of assessments through a different lens, and it's the old paradigm is assessments are bad. Yeah. Assessments are a penalty. It's a it's a roadblock or a hurdle that I have to overcome or achieve. And what we're trying to do now is we're trying to position assessment as a fundamental component of your learning strategy. You want to pivot to a new role. Fantastic. How do we enable you to do that? How do you determine if you have the right skills and capabilities to be successful in that role? Uh, if you're taking a, a course, you know, as a learner, how do I know that I've achieved what I need to achieve or learn what I need to learn before I get moved on to the next level of learning? Some people think it's about, you know, the pass fail and, oh, if I don't pass, what will my supervisor think or what will my colleagues think? Well, you know, we need to assess people in a very safe environment, provide them the feedback. So we're, we're plugged into all the data privacy and legal teams at Accenture. We've got employment law teams, you know, folks who sit on our team as well. But what we're trying to do, we want, our, we want to help our people learn. And one way of helping them learn is to help them assess themselves, 
so they can develop or build that individualized learning journey. Because a company our size now, there's no way you can craft a, you know, one learning journey for everyone. Um, and, and assessments help us do just that. You know, a lot of times you'll hear people say, I know that stuff already. I don't want to go to those courses or I don't want to go through that content. Hey, take this quick knowledge check, figure out where you are along that journey. And then instead of sitting through eight hours of training, maybe you only have to sit through 20 minutes. That's a real advantage, not only for our people, but for our business. Because we, you know, we would much rather have those folks out there doing chargeable work or value-led work for our clients. And that's one way we can help them do just that. So, so John, you mentioned earlier that there's a lot of science with assessments. And I'm sure there's a lot of science associated with the, the, the crafting of the words that go into the, the assessment itself. Um, what about the role of reflection? And I, I, I guess I think back to college days, right? College days, mm-hmm. we have a where I went to school, my undergrad, they had a big testing center, right? People would go into the testing center. They'd you'd feed your bubble sheet in and they tell you you passed or failed. You, not a whole lot of room for feedback there because it's all, you know, mm-hmm. mechanized. What, how, do, how do we make sure that we're using assessments in such a way that that very important aspect of reflection is, is leveraged? Well, I, th- I think the, the way we use the term reflection can really dictate that answer, right? Yeah. Because if I if I want to replace an assessment with a reflection exercise, that's very different than reflecting on the outcomes of my assessment. Okay? So if if you if you think about the way an assessment is supposed to be designed, any reputable organization that develops assessments, they start with this idea of what we call a job analysis or a job task analysis. And, and, and the job task analysis is supposed to gain agreement and alignment with the organization of, hey, what is required of me to be able to perform in that role or understand that body of knowledge? So it, it begins to anchor the, what we call the knowledge, skills, and abilities of that individual. Well, guess what, guys? That feeds into our assessment blueprint. Our assessment blueprint then begins to look at these behaviors and knowledge and says, okay, where in that content or am I, am I being assessed? And, and how do we begin to assess those learning objectives? Or how do I assess that behavior? So Dana, at the end of the day, I think reflection is an important component of my assessment outcomes because me, you know, me the individual, I need to understand where am I objectively against that set of standards that's been defined? You know, Bob, you, you, you said it earlier. It's like, oh, my gosh, I'm getting assessed. I hate that thing, right? <laughs> How many times at Accenture have we deployed an assessment and someone who's been with the company for 10 or 15 years failed it? They come to me as the assessment guy and say, man, your assessment is horrible. Yep. There's no way I didn't <laughs> right, know that right, stuff, right? Right, right. I mean, my gosh, you, you, who, who designed that assessment? Guess what? We design assessments with the experts. The SMEs in that area define what it is you need to know. So don't shoot me. I'm the messenger. I'm just a speedometer to help tell you how <laughs> yeah. fast you're going, right? right. So, but, but you know, back to the point of reflection, I think it's important for me to – as an employee to step back and say, wow, where am I objectively? Am I ready for that sophomore level course? I mean, it's like university, right? Did I fail my freshman? And why should I go on to a sophomore level if I can't pass the freshman? And then I need to really pause and say, okay, 
is that what I thought it was? Is that role what I thought it w was? And, and, and it, am I willing to invest what I need to invest to get better? And then we have a fantastic talent organization around here that if I say yes, there's all types of ways that I can do that. So one thing, John, that you mentioned, there's a various types of assessments that you can have. And I, I still think as from a learning professional side, majority of assessments that are used are probably associated with either a course or some type of affiliated program or you, you mentioned to mapping to learning objectives. But you've also started to, to call out some other assessments like recruiting assessments are very common. Um, but what are some other examples of assessments that are used you know, outside of learning programs through, if you think about performance, talent, all that, like oh, yeah, what are some yeah. other methods that you can utilize? Yeah, great question, Jake. Great question. So the, our responsible assessment team, we're set up to cover various functions across talent. So I have a, you know, we have a responsible assessment lead who's responsible for recruiting assessments. We have one who's responsible for leadership, right? So if you think about the LDNA assessments that we're delivering, or we're actually, you know, in the process of looking at how do we map leadership essentials, Julie's leadership essentials to a 360 assessment uh, and partnering with some vendors to develop that. That's another type of assessment. Help me understand, am I exhibiting the traits or behaviors of leadership at Accenture? Uh, and that's usually done by different career levels. So, you know, Jake, once again, we have to understand what is it that we expect of an analyst versus an MD when it comes to those leadership traits? Recruiting, there is a myriad of assessments used in recruiting, depending on the market unit, the service, the type of role that they might be in. So if I'm doing something you know, in one of our service uh, de uh, delivery centers, maybe in operations, that might be very different than a recruit that we're trying to bring on in SNC, right? Um, so there's cognitive behaviors, uh, you know, type, behavioral type of assessments, personality assessments, skill-based assessments, language assessments for testing ESL. You know, English is a second language. There's just a whole myriad. And, you know, our team of psychometricians and IO psychologists have that unique background in understanding what are the best practices for assessing those types of things. And that's really where I think we bring value to the organization. Think of us as your assessment consultants. So, you know, getting into a conversation around, hey, what is it you're trying to assess? How is that data going to be used? And what decisions need to be made off of it? And we can go into some really cool conversations with sponsors around what they need what they think they need, and then what should be delivered to the employee. So, John, what about beyond kind of what we're talking about a particular type of assessment? I think a lot of the, you know, like question and answer type thing. What, what about things like flight simulators or, you know, my daughter is in the process of, of getting her um, uh, CPR certification. Mm -hmm. um, how, how, Talk a little bit about those types of things. If someone crashes a plane in a flight simulator, yep. right? That's yep. a form of an assessment. I don't know how formal it is, but just, yeah. what do you think? Yeah, yeah, great, 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 great question. That's a that's a simulation based type of deal, right? I want to make sure that pilot knows how to land the plane, you know, when the landing gear doesn't come down. But at the heart of it, guess what? The the experience that you needed to to go through in that assessment in that flight simulator was designed based on the very same criteria that we would use around learning checks how we how do we want dana to react when he's being put into this situation you know alarm abc goes off what does he do 
hey, someone behind the scenes, some group of experts and psychometricians sat down and said, this is this is what he needs to be able to understand or, or how he should react. And if he doesn't, how do we help him understand that was the wrong decision, so to speak, right? Uh, and, and that's what you see in that flight simulation. Uh, you know, you crash the plane or you, you end up upside down or whatever. But, you know, it Honestly, the, the, the art of designing the assessment really is the same. It's just, what am I trying to assess, which is very different. This discussion can't help but bring to mind the most favorite assessment of all, famous assessment of all, Starfleet's Kobayashi Maru assessment. Yes. That we saw in Star <laughs> yes. Trek II. Yes. The Rath- it's not uh, cheating. It's not cheating. Right, threw me right, right. for a loop. Totally threw me for a loop when I watched right. that. And of course, I, I only have joke, right? That's a very interesting assessment in that story. And yes, we are talking about Star Trek and not Star Wars. But, but they both have the word sto- star in them, so we're okay. With yes, and they, they have spaceships. Um, Starfleet needed to know how a captain would respond exactly. to a no-win situation. And that's the whole purpose of that assessment. And yeah. they actually learned something from James Kirk when he cheated to yeah. succeed. Yeah, they yeah. learned something about him. And, and and to be honest with you guys, that is a huge that that's a huge part of the assessment industry now, a security assessment security, uh, and and it goes sure. to you know how do we expect our our folks to understand the knowledge and what are they willing to go through? I mean, we hear it all the time, right? ACTs, SATs, different assessments being, you know, um, you know, cheated on or insecure or whatever. We 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 have our own way of you know cruising through our data and looking for irregularities. And the goal there is not to punish our people. Yeah. It's to make sure that the decisions that are made on the data that comes out of those assessments can be used as it was intended to. So, you know, we, we, we want to look back to our folks and help them understand and, and uh, give them the opportunity to retake that assessment if they need to. So John, you mentioned earlier on, there's an art and a science yeah. to assessment. I'd love to get your take of like, what ta- what's the art and what's the science from your perspective? I, I mean, I personally, I, I find it extremely difficult, especially for someone like I'm not doing it all the time. I look at objectives. I think about what types of behaviors I want to change, all of that. But when it comes to the writing aspect of it and even the yes. example that Dana said, that's another form. That just takes another yeah. skill. So I'd be curious to hear from your, your end yeah. what, that, what that really is. Jake, that's that's an awesome question, and that's we, we get that question a lot from our sponsors, right? Why does it take so long to build an assessment? Or, <laughs> or hey guys, I appreciate the offer, but I'll go design that survey on my own. And they come back in three months and say, "Man, I deployed that survey, and everyone's like middle of the road. I didn't really get anything out of it." Yeah. Well, that's because the questions that you asked were either double-barreled. In other words, they were asking two questions at once or Mm. they were leading or they were biased and people answered those so that they wouldn't look bad. Or, you know, there's, there's, we have assessment developers on staff and we, you know, hire folks from vendors to help us with that. But that's the art side, right? It's the, Hey, been there, done that. I know how to write a good question. We do item writing, question writing is what item, you know, question is an item. We do item writing workshops for our experts before they begin writing case studies at Accenture, just to make sure that they understand what does a good item look like? Because our goal is I've got to get that knowledge. I've got to get that expert knowledge out of that 15 year veteran who's been in the sales space 
I need to get that knowledge out of their head and onto paper or into a system that we can then use to assess someone. Now on the flip side, right, the science, that's really where I, I rely on our psychometricians and our IO psychologists. I mean, things like validity, you know, our, everyone says, hey, your assessment has to be valid, especially if it's high stakes. Let's just kind of get that out of the way, right? High stakes and low stakes. I, John's way of cl cl classifying a high stakes assessment, it's got to meet the three Ps, right? It's a performance, a pay, or a position. You know, I, I get a job based on the outcome. Those are really high stakes assessments. Uh, so we want to make sure that our assessments are valid. And I mean, there's all types of validity. There's content validity that we can be checking for. You know, and that's basically, we verify that based on SMEs in the area. Hey, does this assessment actually anchor to solid content that's well known in the industry? There's face validity. Hey, do, do, our, do our participants like it? Does, at the end of the assessment, does our participant feel like he, he or she was fairly assessed, right? And can believe the outcomes. There's construct validity. And, and that really is more about the, 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 the construction of the assessment itself. Think of a Jenga game, right? Each item is, is, a, is a peg in that Jenga board. And they've got to hang together in a way that the, the tower can still stand. I start pulling out too many of those items, and guess what? You know, the, the, it can no longer stand. So the assessment has to have good sound structure so that people who are typically passing the test we'll usually get an item correct. So if we do an item analysis and we see that an item on maybe a 50 question exam, you know, people who are passing the test always fail it. And people who are failing the test always pass it. That's conflicting, that's not good. So we begin to look at that item and say, hey, what, why, what's the deal? Are they just guessing? Is it is it hard to understand, difficult to understand? Maybe there's folks in different cultures or different languages that just can't understand it. You got criterion validity. Hey, I want this assessment to measure high performance. I want this assessment to to lead, to measure learning agility, uh, resilience. You know those kind of things. There's a there's some type of metric that we need to make sure that the outcomes of the assessment actually correlate with. So we look at criterion validity a lot. And then there's always the adverse impact. I mean, and that's why we really are, are taking a hard look. All the different countries around the world have different requirements around adverse impact. EEOC obviously, you know, uh, ha takes a hard stand on that. Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 64, you've got the ADA of 1990, I think it was, and then age discrimination and employment. So we're looking at things like, do certain subgroups, are they negatively impacted by the outcomes, rage, I mean, uh, race, age, ethnicity, gender, those kind of things. So that's the science behind it, right? And we've got the right people with the right capabilities with the right approvals from employment law and you know we're running we're running those analyses behind the scenes and we take the results and we inform our business sponsors how should this assessment be used and how should it not be used or at times folks you need to stop using this and change do something different um and and that decision has been made a few times this year as well so john i've got to ask this question when Bob introduced this, he talked about responsible assessment. Uh, 
what would an irresponsible assessment be? Anyone that I write, probably. What's that? Any, anyone that Bob writes anyone would be that irresponsible. Write, <laughs> probably irresponsible. Yeah, a poorly Jake, written Jake, one, Jake right? and I are both like not highly skilled in the creation of assessments. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I would consider myself there. I'm writing this down. I'm like, how do I get a John in my like yeah. where I work? How do yeah, I, yeah, yeah. you know, for others that don't have a John or a psychometrician on staff, like how do we get that? The, yeah, how do we yeah. develop? So yeah, there's a couple examples, Dana, that I can think of. One is Let's say we've got an assessment that's performing very well and it's measuring teamwork. We want to make sure that Bob's a good teaming type of person. And we decide, you know what, um, man, I like that assessment so much. Let's use that same assessment and measure something called collaboration. It's close enough. We don't have to worry about it. Let's not do the check and checks and balances, right? So using an assessment that was intended and probably very good at doing its, you know, serving its purpose in the wrong way because it was never designed or intended to do that. Another one I hear, Dana, is you know, we've got a really good assessment and we ask the question, well, what if we just pull a couple questions out and put our own questions in? Mm. Remember the Jenga example, right? I pull too many of those pegs out and I put the wrong pegs back in that that assessment becomes you know unreliable or invalid or really just uh, irresponsible uh, and and then the big one i would say is using the outcomes for what it was not intended hey this is not a, a high stakes assessment this is intended to be a self development feedback type of assessment and we start using it for things like hiring decisions you know we're we're very we're very explicit in our quality reviews as we review assessments to say, hey, here's our here's our analysis of the assessment and here's how it should be used. And if you if you want to change the the use of that assessment in the future, let's talk. Happy to sit down and talk to you about what we might have to change, but for now it needs to be it needs to stay within the guardrails. I would think also several of the irresponsible assessment would uh, include missing out on several of the criteria you mentioned earlier, right? The, Absolutely. If you don't take into consideration the, the race and the gender, some of the inclusive uh, aspects, or uh, if some of the other criterion are are missing or misaligned. That's exactly right. I mean, and we we you know we adhere to all the standards. Uh, you'll hear it called four fifths, the eighty percent rule sometimes in in you know adverse impact. Other people might call it disparate impact. Other might, others might call it unintentional discrimination. But I will tell you that many times Accenture will hold our, ourselves a little bit more um, responsible or hold ourselves to a higher standard when it comes to IND uh, because we want to make sure that we're, we're really taking care of our people in the right way. So I know we're coming up on time here soon, and I, I'm going to go back to my my point about bringing a, a John on the team. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm really asking, I'm, 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 I'm half kidding, but half serious too. Cause I'm thinking about our audience of those that are on a much smaller scale, much smaller learning development team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there's, there's people that we all meet that are from organizations that they're pretty much. And they are the they learning do, department. They are the learning department, right? right. They do yeah. everything. And so I'm curious from you, John, like where could someone go? What what would you would give for advice? Maybe not necessarily go, but what could they start to do to develop and learn in this area and just get started about yeah. writing better assessments? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I've, I've had to do that, right? I mean, I haven't been an assessment expert all my life. I'm not a psychometrician. I'm not an IO psychologist. But I'd love to sit down and have good conversations with business leaders about what are they trying to accomplish. And one of the first books I read was The Concept of Validity. I mean, a lot of this, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how much you like to read, you can learn a lot, you know, online or, or through books. The Concept of Validity is a fantastic read to start understanding the, the basic concepts. There's lots, of, uh, there's lots of books out there around criterion referenced assessments. I mean, as you start to get into this world of assessment, you're going to hear things like norm referenced, criterion referenced, adaptive testing, uh, and there's all different types. There's no way you can spin yourself up quickly, but, you know, tap into a network. But yeah, Jake, I would say, you know, read up. There's lots of sites out there, um, but there's, there's also, you know, anyone in the performance, anyone in your recruiting organizations, they, they have they probably have a baseline understanding of mm -hmm. a lot of this. It's just Accenture has taken that extra step and we've really, we've really taken it to what we call a responsible assessment COE. And, and now we're providing that level of expertise across the entire talent and HR organization. But Jake, what I'm hearing him say is there, there is hope for you and me. We just have to, <laughs> we just have to really want it. <laughs> well, the other thing yeah. I kind of heard in there, if they get together, John, if your team gets together, you, there might be an opportunity to have an assessment geeks podcast sometime. <laughs> Amen. I would That's love a good it. Idea. Yes. That's a good idea. Well, John, thanks for being here. It was great to talk to you. We mm -hmm. also hope that we also hope that your new granddaughter is safe and healthy and beautiful. Thank you. It was a great conversation. Uh, I, I learned a lot from it, and we appreciate you being here. And we'll have you back. Yeah, thanks or, so much. And you can have us on the assessment geeks. When that's thanks for the opportunity. We never got to talk at all about certification. That could be a whole other podcast with John. Yeah, so. we, we've got a fantastic, yes. we had a fantastic certification credentialing offering. We do professional certificates. Uh, we do uh, badge completion programs. We do cert deepening certification. So see, anytime see, you we need to ask me. We need we'll to have, have John back. Yeah, we we clearly, we need to have you back. John, Very thanks. Soon. That's been awesome. Yeah, thanks, Thank John. You. Appreciate it. And thanks to everybody who's been listening. This is Bob. And on behalf of John and Jake and Dana, uh, we'll see you again real soon on the next episode of the Learning Geeks podcast. Thanks. Thanks, all. Bye.